Welcome to Manager Tools. Resistant directs in one-on-ones, chapter two, part two. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. How do I handle a direct who resists one-on-ones? What if a direct won't talk to me during a one-on-one? What are the chances a direct will refuse one-on-ones? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. The whole point of this cast, 30 minutes later, is to explain the impact of the rare direct, one in a thousand, who actually pushes back and doesn't play ball for three whole months. You stayed frosty. You kept having them. You kept contributing to the one-on-one, sharing, so on, asking for input, and the direct has done nothing. Uh, Actively resisted, if you will, or passively, depending upon how you want to find those words. So we're three months into our effort with one-on-ones. Let's assume, in fact, that I have 10 directs, nine of them I'm doing one-on-ones with, and they've all come around. Eight of them were ecstatic about them. Two people weren't, both pushed back, but one of the two that were dragging their heels basically disagreed on the front end. But once he started coming, he actually started contributing very quickly. But I'm now with the the 10th one who has successfully resisted in his mind and probably has bragged about it to others and caused them to raise their eyebrows or maybe in the interest of not shaming somebody going, hey, good for you, while privately going, hey, I kind of like these things. And yeah, I'm, I'm doing them. I suspect the recalcitrant one would say to the others, you guys really go to those things? What are they like? And people are probably like, well, you know, they're okay. Uh, I get it. You know, they're not my favorite thing. When in fact, privately to you, they may be saying, I really appreciate these. Thanks for doing them. No, no boss of mine has ever done it before. I really feel like I get to ask you questions that are helpful. I get to be better at knowing what's coming down the pike and so on. But they're not going to tell their buddy that unless he is such a hated member of the team, they would then look at him and say, dude, there are 10 of us here. Nine of us are loving these. You're the only one who doesn't. I'm sorry, but you're not that smarter than the rest of us. You're just being a jerk. The boss is being fairly passive with you. He's giving you every opportunity to step into the ring and be part of the solution. And if you don't want to play along, that's fine. Whatever. But we like him. So don't talk to me about my one-on-ones and I won't talk to you about yours. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if that happened all the time? (laughs) That'd be awesome. Yeah. Now, guys, just for the record, that's not the speech we're going to give. I'm not even sure we should call this a speech, but okay. So it's been three months. Now, I, folks, to set this up, I want you to give me a little bit of leeway. I need to give a little bit of uh, prefatory information. First, we're going to assume for convenience sake that we started doing one-on-ones in January. And so now it's the end of March. Okay. It doesn't have to be that way, but I'm just going to make the math easy. And let's assume at our company, two things about the performance review, annual performance review process. First, everybody in the company gets a mid-year, non-official, you could even say handwritten review about the first six months of the year. And we've talked about this in our podcasts about performance reviews. That's an important thing to do. So a manager who hasn't been doing his or her managing job won't get caught with their pants down in November and December with no data, no feedback given regarding the direct's performance such that then their end of year review will lack complete credibility and therefore be ineffective. So we've got a mid-year review coming up. It's March now. I would owe it to this direct in three more months. 
And the second thing is, like many, many, many performance reviews, in addition to having to write some comments, there are also some quantitative areas. And let's say there are two quantitative areas. One is ranking your employees or your directs skill levels in certain job performance areas. But then there's also some corporate values or some corporate behaviors um, that are measured as well. Things like professionalism or, you know, living the vision, which is a dumb one, but anyway. Uh, and then two are teamwork and collaboration. Okay, pretty standard stuff. And let's also say, just to make it interesting, that much like many corporate websites in the world, teamwork and collaboration are corporate values and they're on the corporate website. So with that in mind, I'm now in my 12th one-on-one with Mike, my resistant direct, and he assumes that it's going to be another standard one-on-one. And for all intents and purposes, it is in that I start the one-on-one with, hey, Mike, what do you got this week? Nothing. Okay, you sure? I mean, I know this is probably old news. We've been doing this for a while, but every week I ask you, and it's your chance to share with me anything, communicate openly, be a team player, let me know what's going on, anything at all. Nope, I'm good. Okay, thanks, Mike. Uh, well, as you might imagine, I've got a few things. Let me go over my list. I got about, this list is a little short this week. I got six or seven items. Some of it I've shared with other folks, some of it specific to you in terms of process systems, feedback, guidance stuff on some of your work processes, your work in progress, and so on. So let me go through those. And now brief brief interlude. And I'm not thinking really good thoughts right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, there's no evidence to Mike that this is anything other than another one of these boring one-on-ones. He's unprofessional. Mike's being a jerk. And I'm being a good guy. I'm insisting on something, but I'm not overdoing it. I'm not forcing it. But I finished my list. And I say at the end, hey, Mike, sorry, that's the end of my list. Um, did that, that list make you think of anything? You'd like to share anything at all before we end? Nope. Nope. Okay. Now, of course, at this moment, Mike's getting ready to get up and leave my cubicle, my office, whatever. Yeah. I say, hey, Mike, real quick before you go, I want to express a concern that I have. What I'd like to do is sort of predict the future here. Okay. I want to show you the path I think we, actually you, are headed down. And I want to give you a chance in the next week or two to think about what that path means and see if the path is the one you want to be on and whether or not you may want to make a change. Okay, so it's now the end of March. We've been doing one-on-ones for 12 weeks. And I think you've established a pattern of not being a professional in these one-on-ones. Now, before you argue with me, I would say, if you've been in 12 meetings in a row with your boss, where your boss has asked for input, your boss has shared with you stuff that he or she thought was valuable to you, and you refused to communicate with your boss. Um, I know you didn't do this actually, but essentially mentally, you crossed your arms and shook your head at me for 12 weeks. Obviously, I'm okay with it. I haven't punished you for it. I haven't talked to you about it before. I've just stayed with my process. And for the record, there are 10 people on this team and the other nine fully engaged. Uh, I'm 
with eight of them, I don't have enough time in my one-on-ones. Uh, and then one other person, we fill up the time, but everybody else wants to go over five, 10, 15 minutes. Okay. That's not you. Obviously we finish our one-on-ones between 15 and 20 minutes and 14 or 19 of those minutes are typically me, as you well know. So up until now, we've just been engaged in this process and you have not been behaving in an open, collaborative, communicated teamwork kind of way. Okay, fine. Here's what I think could happen three months from now and nine months from now. If you continue to not communicate with me professionally and openly in this one-on-one for the next three months, and it's your call, your behavior is your call, um, at the middle of the year, at the end of June, as you know, I owe you a mid-year performance review. You know, we think of it as handwritten. It does get communicated to HR that I've done it, but I don't have to send in an official form. I can actually send in a one-page handwritten document if I wanted to. But because I care about performance reviews, I'm going to sit down with you, as I did last year, and walk you through my estimation, my measuring of your performance in the first half of the year. Full disclosure, Mike, I am not going to include your behavior in these one-on-ones in my evaluation of your performance. Now, I absolutely believe that us spending six hours together over the course of 12 weeks is a significant enough period of time when you think about it that I might could include it, but I'm not going to. I'm going to write your review exclusive of your behavior in our one-on-ones. So really, the way you might say it is just focusing on your job. Now, you've said before that meeting with me is not your job. I would argue there's no reasonably intelligent person who would argue with you about that. But regardless, I'm going to talk just about the technical work you do, you know, your, your progress, your project status, your metrics, and so on. The standard dashboard of stuff the organization provides us that we use on a regular basis to talk status and success and failure. So I'm going to do that, and it'll probably be a pretty good review. However, when I get done, I'm going to give you also what is known as an unofficial review. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to essentially turn over my copy of the pair of evaluations that I have. I'll give you your copy the night before, as I have done before. But I'm then going to turn over my copy, and I'm going to write a note on the top, something like delivered verbally, you know, June 30, 2017. And I'm going to make a few notes about the entirety of your job. And it might be things like, Mike continues to not communicate openly during our one-on-ones. Mike has not communicated openly for the nat- for the last 24, right? Six times four, six. Yeah. Six times four, six months times four weeks. Uh, for the last 24 of our one-on-ones, Mike is not open, is not collaborative. And I'm going to make an additional note that I could be proven wrong, but I do not presently believe that if Mike refuses to communicate with me in a reasonable and professional way, I'm not being invasive, not asking for too much. If Mike continues to not communicate with me, 
I will therefore assume reasonably that he is engaging in similar behavior with other people. His peers, my peers, customers, internal vendors, and internal support personnel, and so on. And he has not built the necessary relationships to maximize his performance. Further, uh, as you know, Mike, on the front of your review, there are some numerical rankings. I will then write in the handwritten note, again, on the back of my own copy of the review, not going to send it to HR. I'll be happy to burn the thing at some point because uh, I don't want there to be any evidence of this if it turns out you become a big supporter of this effort. But I'm going to say Mike would probably get uh, at the end of your review, if this behavior continues, a three out of a scale of one to five when it comes to collaboration and teamwork and communication. And as you might imagine, Mike, I think a three on three of the eight areas on your performance review that are normally fives across the board is going to capture attention. I would believe so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be clear, no one will know about this conversation but you and I. You have my word on that. Okay. My boss won't know. HR won't know. But here's the reason I'm doing that, Mike. First of all, there's a hint in here that the one-on-ones aren't going away, okay? And I don't think it's too much to ask for. I'm asking you politely to re-engage or to engage for the first time, however you want to describe it. That said, you've proven to me that you can play the long game, <laughs> which is, you know, saying I'm going to resist for weeks and weeks and weeks. 12 weeks is a quarter in uh, business parlance. But week to week to week, that seems like a lot of weeks. But I'm also hoping, hopefully, you're hitting my, hearing my message, which is I can play the long game too. And one-on-ones aren't going away. And I'm worried that one-on-ones aren't going away and you're going to continue this behavior. And somehow you think you're winning or you've, you've essentially successfully resisted and that that is part of your job and you intend to continue doing it. So I'm going to write that in June. If that written, it's sort of unwritten, it's delivered verbally review, doesn't shake you up. I mean, it's possible. I want you to know that if your behavior continues and you don't decide to be a professional and collaborate and communicate and be a team player, and being a team player means over-communicating, if the behavior continues at the end of the year, what I wrote and delivered verbally on the back of your review will become formal and official in your official review at the end of the year. And I have to say, that's going to be a significant negative. I would be very surprised if you could justify any sort of raise. And you certainly couldn't get any bonus. You certainly couldn't get any incentive. Uh, I would say that there may be a loophole that some of your performance targets have been met. But I can probably talk to my boss and suggest you not be included in those things. And here's why I'm telling you this. At the end of the year, you will have had this conversation, the one in June, and I'll probably remind you of it again in September, three conversations where I had been clear about what my intent was and how I was seeing your behavior and how you ought not to be misreading my continuation, but not addressing your response to one-on-ones. I haven't been doing too much of that throughout the year. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to be upset. And by the way, full disclosure, Mike, I'm going to give you that review the night before. 
So if you want to send emails to my boss, once you read your review or get HR involved, I have no problem with that because believe me, by then my boss is going to know. But here's what's going to happen. I've seen this happen before in situations like this. When I do my job slowly and steadily, rather than dropping a bomb on somebody at the end of the year, of course, they get upset, but I have shown lots of patience and I have lots of documentation. And here, here's the way I see it happening. You're going to get HR involved and you're going to say, hey, I'm not being treated fairly. And HR, because they care about the human resources of this company, will probably come talk to me and they'll say, hey, you know, Mike's got a problem. He's got an issue and we think it's valid. We're, you're pushing him. You know, it's not fair. His review, this is a damning review. And Mike's, Mike's not going to get a raise. He's not going to get a bonus. He's not going to get any incentives, so on. Um, so what do you have to say? And, and here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a three-way fight, Mike. And that's, I mean, you're going to feel like you need to fight because you want to protect you and your family. And I get that. But it's a fight you're going to lose. And I'll tell you why. Because you won't probably have a relationship with HR before then. Because by now you would have said something if you'd talked to HR, but I'm just assuming you haven't. But you're going to say to them that I'm treating you poorly, that the review is not justified. But then I'm going to pull out, Mike, 50 weeks of one-on-one -on -one forms, 50 straight times. And by the way, I'm also going to pull out your mid-year review. And I'm going to say to HR, look, I do one-on-ones half an hour a week. 1% of my directs time each week with all 10 of my directs, nine of them. Here are the notes. Here's some pictures of some notes, you know, whole pages full of notes. We're exchanging ideas. We're collaborating. We're communicating. We're behaving the way team players behave. And then I want to show you my notes of Mike. And you'll notice on every one of those forms, it indicates that I asked Mike three times in that one-on-one -on -one, twice in the beginning, polite, not rude. If he had any input, by the way, I briefed Mike on what I expected him to do in the meeting. And I reminded everybody that if my boss asked me for a half hour meeting starting three weeks from now on a recurring basis, I don't think I could get away with telling him no. And Mike didn't tell me no, he just didn't play the game. But regardless, I'm going to show 50 weeks where I asked twice at the beginning covered my list of stuff, and then asked him again at the end for a total of three times, asked him to communicate, be professional, and so on. He refused. In addition, after roughly 25 of those one-on-ones, I gave Mike a mid-review. Here's the review that I gave Mike. But then here's my handwritten review, which shows the notes um, from that conversation. And in addition, every single one of those notes are essentially echoed in my annual review. Mike and I have talked about this several times. He can't deny it. And Mike, I gotta tell you, in the end, you're gonna have a complaint. I'm gonna have 50 weeks of data with three questions each week and a mid-year review. But even just looking at the questions, I will have asked you 150 times in the last year to be a professional, reasonable communicator with me, and you will have refused. In the three-way war between me, you, and HR, it sounds terrible to say this, and nobody likes it when I say it, but Mike, I'm going to win. And when you go into battle with HR involved, if one person wins, the other one loses. And the loser's going to be you. What's going to happen is 
you're going to have to start looking for another job because when I reach out a hand to you and you spurn it, it's not just that I'm trying to build trust, but no trust is being built. Actually, trust is being destroyed through your behaviors. It's not my insistence on one-on-ones that destroys trust because I've got nine other one-on-ones now. I did these in my previous job as well. I've got nine other one-on-ones that are building trust. You're the one that's destroying trust. The only difference between me and the other nine, you and the other nine folks here is your behavior. I'm the same in all my one-on-ones other than the fact that, you know, I want to get to know each person individually. Mike, the reason I say this is I think you're on a road that's not sustainable. And sustainability is one of our corporate values as well. I don't want you to do that. I think you can be a great member of the team. To be clear, you're not a great member of this team right now. You're good. But in order to be great, you can't just do your own job. You have to fit in. You have to be a part of the team. You have to work hard to support other people. You have to communicate openly because communication is one of the most powerful tools we have here to make sure our work gets done and done well. But you're not a great team member, and I could see where this is going down a train track that's going to lead to something bad for you. Now, this isn't a threat. It is a prediction of the future based on a continuation of your present behavior. I don't want that to happen, and it's up to you. But I can assure you, the one-on-ones are not going away, and they're not too much to ask. So, Sorry about that, but it's your call, how you want to engage going forward. If, in fact, my my prediction of the future causes you to engage each other now, again, I'd be happy to talk to them. And I want you to be a functioning member of this team. Right now, you're not. And I don't want us to get to June or, heaven forbid, December and have those kinds of conversations. So maybe think about it next week or two, and let, let's talk about it next week. Thanks. Okay, you can go. One-on-one's over. That's it. I like to share some things with you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suddenly <laughs> you hostage you. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Now that was a little long, but hopefully folks notice my tone was very relaxed. I'm not threatening. I'm not trying to be trying, not, not trying to use role power. I'm trying to appeal to Mike, but if I'm going to appeal to somebody who might care about, and I do care about Mike, my direct, if I'm going to appeal to them, I can't do it with threats. Well, you can appeal with threats, but it's a very narrow, narrowly based appeal. I want to appeal to his better angels. I want to, I want to appeal to him being a team player and collaborating and communicating in a way that's effective. And I think it's fair for me to give full disclosure about what could happen because I care about him. I don't want these things to happen, but his behavior is causing them to be inevitable. I want him to know what inevitability looks like. And you can repurpose this conversation, the basic patience involved, the day together involved, the week to week to week continued behaviors and so on. That kind of, of discussion is hugely powerful for, well, for every direct I've ever had when I've in rare cases had to use it. I've never heard from a single manager that who had that conversation that it didn't cause a change in behavior such that the mid-year review, however you want to describe this, maybe maybe that's not actually a mid-year review, but it doesn't take longer than three months for the direct to finally get it. Yeah. Well, this is the long game. And, and yes. I worry sometimes that folks um, 
they won't wait the three months. They won't be patient. Oh, yeah. They won't be polite. They won't continue to ask. They won't continue to document in their one-on-one notes or forms and then put themselves in a position where the conversation you just had with me is ineffective because they haven't done all the things necessary, engaged in all the managerial behaviors necessary to be able to have that conversation. And being a professional and being patient and being kind, but insistent, keeping to ask puts you in a position to have these conversations. The conversation is and how you laid it out is important, right? I mean, it, to be effective, there's a way of describing it. But if you haven't done all the other things, you can't, you're never in a position where you can have that conversation. So folks, don't try to rush it. Yeah, a classic way of rushing it would be to say, when you're briefing your team starting one-on-one, say, by the way, guys, some of you may be thinking this is not your gig. You don't want to do it. Let me just predict the future for you. And then describe the conversation I right. just did three months in advance. I mean, that would be as as thinly a veiled threat as to be not veiled at all. And now it would be, this would be a case of force majeure, right? This is basically, you're saying, I have to come and I have to talk to you and so on. That would destroy a lot of the good reasons and ethical reasons for doing one-on-one. That's a great point though. It's a great analogy is, is if you do it at the beginning, it is a threat. Yeah. And I would argue that a manager who did that in the beginning meant it as a threat. They may say, well, I'm just trying to tell you what the future might look like. No, no, you're, you're threatening me. I get it. Yeah. But three months later, it's not a threat. It's, it's a, it's a description of what's going to happen because you've drawn a line. There's a pattern of behavior here that makes it less of a threat and more of truly a prediction of what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So that, you know, that, that's basically our guidance. It's, uh, it's patience and it's insistence and it's documenting and You're never going to have to use it, folks, but we hope you see this as a nice warm blanket. In the rare event, you get that one out of a thousand directs who, for whatever reason, is not willing to engage in the normal professional behaviors uh, that are reasonable in order to produce good outcomes. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. I enjoyed that. Anytime, partner. So long. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. 